Sweet. You got it. Good job. All right. First Thessalonians 5.23. Here's what it says. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was so good. I'm going to read it one more time just for you. First Thessalonians 5.23. Here's what it says. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, God doesn't just want our spiritual man to be blameless. He wants our whole body and our spirit and our soul to be blameless when he comes back. That he wants us to, to be purified. And another word like this is sanctified. He wants us to walk through the process of sanctification, which is the process of becoming holy. God wants you to walk in holiness and to walk set apart. What's that mean? To, to be walking with the Lord, to be starting the process of becoming holy. What's the process of becoming? Every day I'm taking steps toward Jesus. Every day I get closer to God. Every day I might have steps, but guess what? I'm going to get right back up. A righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up every time. Every day, I'm going to commit to the process of doing the working out my salvation. Every day, I'm going to take another step towards Jesus. That's what it means to be sanctified. It is a process. Trust the process. It didn't work for the 76ers, but it works for God. <laughs> so trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the with God. And here's what he said. I want you to be sanctified through and through. Through and through. What's through and through? It means all the way through. I don't want you to be sanctified in this area of your life, but in this area is a dark little corner. No, he said, I want to reach the dark crevices of your life that no one else talks about. I want to, I want to reach those spaces that you don't want to go. I want to go in there, and I want to clean that up, and I want to shine the light on it. Because God, Jesus, is the light. And when God created light, he said, let there be light, and, and everything turned on. And we know that nothing can defeat the light. And when you think of the creation of the world, Jesus, God was saying, man, that is the example of who my son is. He is the light. And I want that light to shine through and through every spot of my body, every spot of my soul, every spot of my spirit. God, I want you to work completely and be absolutely blameless. So God wants to make us blameless. And he, and he says, here's what I want to do. I want to do it in your spirit. I want to do it in your body. And I want to do it in your soul. I want your whole being to be made blameless. This is what we call plowing a field. And we talked about last week of having an unplowed field. And our focus of plowing the field is one area that we don't overlook. And the focus is what? The soul. The soul. The soul. The enemy is not after your body because the body is a bunch of dirt. The enemy is not after your spirit because it's already filled with the presence of God. So it can't touch his, touch his spirit. The enemy is after your soul your soul. And so we come to do some soul work in the month of September. I like how that work S and S. I didn't do that, but that's good. Soul work in the month of September. So we're going to take some time, and I want you to take some time to look a deep, deep look within. And here's the problem that we, it happens in the body of Christ. We lack the fruit of God or the evidence of God working in our life because we are unwilling to do the work 
a plowing within. We are unwilling to sit down and say, Lord, do the work within me. We are unwilling to allow God to come within. We love to be busy. We love to be moving. We love to be productive. The last thing we want to do is sit and be still and let God do some inner working in my life. I don't want to be emotional. I don't want to go through all that process. I don't, want to, I don't want to sit down and look at the soul work. But God says, I desire that you would be blameless through and through. And the true test is God says, how is your soul? Is it well with your soul? True fruit of God starts on the inside. God works inside out. Our culture today is always working out, out. <laughs> we don't even want, I don't want to look within. We just want to focus on the Audi out. <laughs> I don't know. It sounded good. Don't focus on the Audi out. <laughs> Work inside out, Jesus says. It's one of the oldest traditions. Jesus says, everything grows from within, from within, from within. What everybody sees, you flourishing, they're only looking on the outside. But they don't know what it took you to get there. They don't know what you had to grind through. They don't know what you had to, to plow through. They don't know what things you had to turn up to get where you're at. Everybody's like, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. You don't want to be like because you don't know what it takes to get there. And the only way you get to the anointing is if you cultivate the olive. And the olive must be plowed. And the olive must be squeezed. And the olive must be stomped on. That's the only way you get oil. Are you willing to do the work on the inside where no one else is watching and you get no glory from it? But the outcome is multiplication to the tens, to the fifties, to the hundred folds. I'm telling you, if you would stop and do this work, Jesus would be able to overflow in your life your children's life, your children's children's life, your co-workers' life, your cousin's life, your enemy's lives. Woo! I want you to do a work on their lives. All because you are willing to do a work on the inside. Are you ready to plow today? Again, I think this is going to be one of the most important messages probably all year. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for who you are, God. You are faithful you are good in every single way. God, give us ears to hear and a heart to, to, to receive what your word is saying. Hide me behind a cross, God, that it would not be about me. It would be all about you. God, have your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, thank you. 316 mug, I appreciate that. Appreciate it. Get your 316 mug. Order whenever you're ready. <laughs> So I was on my uh, way to California a couple, um, I think it was about a month or two ago or somewhere around there. Anyway, so I'm on the plane. It's right before the pandemic. Actually, the pandemic had just happened. Like, I was gone, and then on the way back, everyone was, like, pandemic. And, and let me tell you, the plane, plane flights was not very fun. Everyone was looking at each other, like, trying to scoot as far away from each other. There was really no mask on the, rank, on the plane because everything had just broken down. And it was, it was crazy. It was crazy because everybody was like, mm, mm, mm. And if anybody coughed, it was like, get the guns out. Let's <laughs> throw them overboard. <laughs> everybody was like, <clears throat> 
try to keep it in. That's how crazy it was. And so we were going to California. I was there for uh, our Foursquare meeting. And on the way there, I noticed everyone was on their phones, and they began to, uh, they were watching movies on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? I just got done studying. You know what? I would like to watch Netflix. And I was like, huh, I got my mom's uh, passcode on Netflix. <laughs> Don't act like I'm the only one that ain't got no Netflix. <laughs> Someone else's passcode on Netflix. I know four or five of y'all on my mama's account. <laughs> if you want the code, it's Winston19. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't be bumping me off, though. That's <laughs> so anyway, I know. And we need help in Jesus' name. So I'm on this, I'm on this path. I'm on the trying to get on Netflix uh, while on this plane flight, and everybody else is watching their movie, enjoying the movie. And you know, some people just got their whole setup all taken care of, headphones and everything. I'm like, they're watching the movie, and you get to the point where you're looking at their movie, and you're like, I know what's in it. And, it, and they try to hold their screen away from you. Yeah, you know that people, you that people. <laughs> Share your Netflix. Um, so we're watching a movie, and here I'm trying to download a Netflix, or I'm trying to upload it, and I'm trying to push it, and trying to push it. And I'm on the flight, and you know they got that Wi-Fi stuff going on, and for some reason, my Netflix would not work. I was so frustrated because everybody knew exactly what they were doing, and obviously I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I couldn't get the movie to pull up, and I spent the whole hour frustrated because I couldn't get this movie to pull up. And then after the flight was over, I was so frustrated flustered that I was like, what is going on? So on the way back, when I, before I came back, I Googled, what do you need to do to get your Netflix? You Obviously, no one told me, but you had to actually download the movie. I'm helping you with your next flight. So before you get on the plane, you pick your movie, and you have to download it to your phone because the Wi-Fi doesn't work in the air. So you got to download <laughs> it to your phone. Anybody else ever experienced that? Anybody else ever learned that lesson? Okay. Yeah, it's just me. Okay, everybody else knew that. All right. So you have to actually download the movie on the phone. And so I'm pushing and I'm going through before I go back on the flight, before the pandemic happened. I'm going back on the flight, and I try to download it, but there was an issue with my phone. Um, and it said the thing I'm sure you guys are used to. Yeah, not enough storage space. Memory full. So not only did I not download the information, but when I tried to download the information, it was full. And it gave me this whole bar of things you have to delete. And I'm like, I don't know how to delete. I can't get rid of this. I can't get rid of that. I love all my apps. So I just went to sleep on the plane, tried my best with one eye open. But here's the problem. And the problem is that I have not downloaded the information that I need. And oftentimes, when I finally get to the point where I can receive this information, I try to download the information that I need, but my storage space is already too full. The question becomes, what have you downloaded in your soul lately? What have you downloaded in your soul lately? And if you have you tried to download... 
And whether you know it or not, you're trying to download, but it cannot download. It cannot go through the process of where it needs to be, go because your storage of your soul is too full. It's too full. So you cannot receive the information that you need because you are over storage and you're over too full. Except the only problem with the soul, it doesn't give you a warning. It doesn't tell you it's too full. It All the information just goes out the window. I wish our soul came with it and said, storage too full, then I would know. I would have to go delete some things to get rid of some things. But the problem with the soul is that we're trying to download information, but there's no room. There's absolutely no room. I would like, if I had to put a title on this, which I am. I don't know why pastors say that, but we say that. If I had to put a title on this, I would call this Plowing the Heart. Plowing the Heart. Plowing the Heart. The plowing the heart. heart. Another quick review. I want to make sure that we're on the same page of what is the soul. What is the soul? We talked about last week. The soul is this. The soul is is simple. We have the we have the spirit, we have the soul, we have the body. What is the spirit? Let me go with the spirit first. The spirit, the Bible describes this as the outer inner man that we are born against. The outer inner man, spiritual discernment, communication with God comes from the outer. Man, sorry, from the inner man, from the inner man, the spirit is the inner man. What's 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 the body? What's the soul? Let's go with the soul. What's the soul? The soul describes to this as the outer man. So we have the inner man, then we have the outer man. We have the inner man, which is the spirit. We have the outer man, which is the soul, and then we have this one, the outermost man, which is the body. And this is where our senses come from. Our senses. What are our senses? Our sight, our touch. What we can hear, what we can taste, what we can smell. And senses can be broken down in three things. What is it? Three things. Seeing, hearing, and feeling. Those are your senses. What you see, what you hear, what you feel. Those are straight connected to the body. That's how the body is. So we have the body, spirit, and then we have the soul. And here's a key thing about the soul. The soul is the mediator between your body and spirit. The soul is the most dangerous part of your life. Why? The spirit is not your problem, like we talked about. The, the body is not your problem. Our problem and the enemy's key to his battle is coming after your soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your, your will, your mind, and your emotions. Your will, your decision-making power. Your mind, your thinking tank. Your emotions, how we feel. Always about our feelings. Feelings. The soul recedes from the senses and deposits into the spirit. So, so how does that work? How does it work? We get from the body, from the senses. Remember that demonstration I did? We had the guys. They receive from the senses, from the body. It goes to the body, and they deliver that information to the soul. And the soul sends that information to the spirit. So the soul determines what the spirit will receive. And the spirit reveals through the soul to the body. So the spirit will say, take this information, this is righteous or this is unrighteous. And it will give that information back to the soul. And the soul gives it back to the body. And the body says it might be unrighteous, but it feels good. And then sends that information back to the soul. And then the soul is in a mental battle. Do I want to go with feels good or do I want to go with righteous? And depending what's in your soul, what you've already put in there, whatever, we talk about whichever dog you feed will determine 
what the soul will do. Nine times out of ten. So today, I want to really pinpoint our focus on the mind. On the mind. On the mind. And the mind is the center of the soul. The mind is the center of the soul. We have our will, we have our mind, and we have our emotions. So the mind is in the center of your soul. It's so important. It's so important. So Scripture tells us that transformation can only happen one way. Salvation happens through the blood of Jesus. And remember, we talked about you were on this side, you get saved, and your position changed, and your forever eternal life, you're good. And God says, man, welcome to the kingdom. You're saved by grace through the blood of Jesus for him dying on the cross. And you are saved. But just because you're saved doesn't mean you've been transformed. Doesn't mean that you've been renewed. That process can only take place in the mind. Here's what scripture says about it. Romans 12, 2. 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters. This is an urge. This is Paul writing. I urge you. I urge you. You got to hear me. And he's not just saying, I urge you. No, I ur- it's almost like he's pulling you. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. Wow. Talking three and one right there. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. It's important that you offer your bodies and whatever you're going to your senses, that you offer that to God, holy and pleasing. It'll be, it's a reasonable service. It's a reasonable act of worship. Everybody thinks we just come up here and worship, worship. No, Scripture says, in everything I do, I give glory to God, and that is my worship. In everything I do, whether I'm playing basketball, I'm worshiping. Better do it in the way of God. Whether I do my studies in school, not that. Whatever, whatever I do, I do it for the Lord God Almighty. When I'm with my spouse, do you know you're worshiping God the way you love your spouse? Do you know you're worshiping God the way you love your enemies? In everything that I do, in everything that I do, do you know you're worshiping God on people that disagree with you? Whether elephant or donkey. Oh, let me get back to it. <laughs> Moving on. Do not be conformed to the systems, the patterns, the, the civilization of the world. But be ye transformed, here's that key word, by the what? Renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing, perfect will. A lot of people try to say, oh, I know what God is will for my life. I know what God is for will for my life. And you can't test and approve if you have not renewed. You can't test or approve. You can get information. Oh, no, I know that's not from God. I know this from God. You can't decide that unless you have a renewed mind. Why? Because you'll have a faulty, a faulty system. You have a system that is broken down, that, that doesn't actually see clearly. The key to you changing, the key to transformation comes through the mind. Cam, I'm so tired of living this life. I got Jesus. I accepted Jesus, but things never changed in my life. I keep going through the same old habits and the same old patterns and the same old things, and I keep wrestling with this thing over and over again. 
I get so tired. I don't know why I did this Jesus anything anyway. Didn't nothing really change. Why didn't it change? Because your mind is still the same. There's been no transformation. Transformation can only come through your way of thinking. How's the New, New Testament use the word transformation? It's a Greek word, and it's a metamorphosis that defines a profound change and form from one stage to the next, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Isn't that an extreme difference? God created one creature like that that would have 18, 85 legs, cross the ground the whole entire life, and then go into that little white little thing. That's a good word for it. Cocoon. Thank you, sister. Got this cocoon. And do you know scientists say this? That when the caterpillar is in the cocoon, they did a study on this. It's fascinating to me. They did a, a microphone research on this study. And they could hear on the microphone in the cocoon wrestling and this sound, all this taking place, all these sounds taking place. What is that sound? That is the wrestling of working out your salvation. It's the wrestling in the cocoon of you working. It is the process of transformation taking place. It is cultivating. It is hard work. And it goes from butterfly to, to, to from caterpillar to butterfly. And it is a lot of work on the inside happening. A lot of work on the inside. And it makes some nasty sounds because you're plowing and you're cultivating. And then also, when it comes out the cocoon, it was on the ground, but now it flies. It was, had a ground point of view of life, but now its point of view is higher. Now the butterfly's point of view is higher. I see from a different spot. I see from a different place. I was having a chicken view of life where I can only see things in front of me, but now I got a higher view. I got a kingdom mindset because now I'm flying. That's for what they really truly are. Perspective changes because your mind is renewed. A lot of people were saved, but still had the same old stinking thinking. <laughs> and nothing has changed. We take salvation, but we never take time to renew. And so therefore, I struggle, I struggle, and I get mad, and I get involved in civilian, uh, civilian affairs. And I'm worried about the cares of this whole life, of everything going on. And I start to argue and jump in these arguments. And, and Paul says, it's foolish. It doesn't even matter because you don't have a kingdom perspective. The only way you have a kingdom perspective is changing your mind on the way you think. We have to renew our minds. Now, what do we need to know about the mind? Because the mind is a part of the soul. What, what do we need to know about the mind? The mind is the center of the soul. It is your think thing. But the mind... It's broken up in two parts. You know, you have two, two parts of your mind. Here's what you have. You have your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Now, we, we got to start teaching this in church because this is so important. 
Because God created us this way, to have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Now, the conscious mind, this is where our initial thoughts go. When we learn something new, it goes to the conscious mind. When we analyze a situation, it's a conscious mind. When we are creating or we're doing, moving to creative thinking thoughts, those come from the conscious. When we're planning and you're planning your day out, that comes from the conscious mind. The conscious mind is short-term memory. Short-term memory. So if we know what the conscious mind is, then we know also know what the subconscious mind is. This is so important that the kingdom that we need to know as a church, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the enemy knows this, and he attacks us. If we know this, if we can learn this, remember I told you, if you learn how to fix your car, then you can stop it from breaking. But a lot of us keep on breaking down because we don't even know the root of the problem. So this is what we're given. The root of the issue is in the mind. The subconscious mind means, here's what the subconscious means. It means um, below. It's your habits, your, your, your patterns of relationships, your addictions come in your subconscious minds, your involuntary functions come from your conscious mind. Con you're sorry, subconscious mind. This is your long-term memory bank. This is what we call the long-term memory bank. And the conscious mind feeds the subconscious information that comes from your senses. So it goes from the conscious mind and gets downloaded into the subconscious mind. Again, the word subconscious means below. These are the thoughts or the actions that we have, we have within. Once a thought or a habit is in your subconscious, we get, begin to move and operate in those automatically without thinking. And depending on what buttons the situation hits, Therefore, determines it predetermines the response you're going to give. Depending on the situation of those buttons. So if you're in a high crisis situation and there's a trigger button and that hits that, it's going to push the button and it's going to pop out a response. It's like a vending machine. D4, snicker. It automatically happens. The worst part is when it gets stuck. And you're like <laughs> but it doesn't happen with that. So think about it. Why do I keep on blowing up when I don't want to blow up? She pushed the trigger. D4. Blah. <laughs> Blah. That happens. This is like, you know, when you go to work and some of you guys work in offices, they always ask you before you go on vacation to make sure you fill out your auto reply. I can't, I always forget. So an auto reply is a message that you preset that when someone else sends you a message, it will say, without you being there. Uh, Cameron's going to be gone for the next two weeks. If you would like, please email his supervisor. If his supervisor doesn't answer you, whatever you do, don't call me. Don't talk about me. I'm on vacation. It's an automatic reply. So every time someone sends you a message, they get an automatic reply. That's how the subconscious works. That's how it works. So if something hits me or someone says something to me, like, if someone says something to me and it's not funny, my automatic response is, ha, 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 ha,
my kids make fun of me all the time. Like, Cameron, now you know. When I laugh like that, I'm sorry. It's just a subcon. <laughs> it's automatic for me. It's automatic. Yeah, it's automatic. It's a subconscious response. It's in me. I don't know where it came from. I probably need to do some deep soul looking to see where that came from. I think, I, I think you feel awkward, and I don't want to make you feel bad, so I just like, <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> this is exactly how it goes. Now you know when I laughed at you. Yeah, now you remember. So the subconscious, we keep it real, are our thoughts, our actions, emotions, all this becomes our natural response or our habits. Like driving or riding a bike is a perfect example of the subconscious. Remember when you had to first learn how to drive a car? It was hard at first, and you're trying to teach yourself how to drive a car, and, 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 and some of you failed tests, and some of you did good on tests. You had to learn, and someone had to sit with you and drive in a car. And I thought when I started driving a car, I was like, I got to use one foot for the, the, the pedal and the brake. Like, then you remember, like, this is going to be so hard. I will never, ever figure it out. Some of us still haven't figured it out. But I will never figure it out. Like, how am I going to drive and then worry about the traffic? Then I got to make a left turn. And there's all these signs. There's this sign. There's that sign. This is so much coming in. And you're, like, so nervous. You're, like, 10 and 2. And you're shaking a little bit. And then you're, like, eh, eh, eh. And then you almost crash. Like, you almost turn uh, uh, right on a one-way street when you're not supposed to. True story. <laughs> and it's all bad. Like, you never think you're going to drive. And then all of a sudden, you begin driving. You begin driving, and all of a sudden, something happens. You don't know when it happened, but you stop thinking, and you just begin to drive, and you just begin to move. And sometimes I'd be like not even focused on the road, but I just, and some of y'all are so crazy. I'm not going to name who, but y'all will, you need to be delivered from that, but. We can move automatically. Sometimes I will supposed to go to Walmart and head straight to the church without even thinking about it. My brain will be totally somewhere else, and I'll be like, and it's our subconscious. We are moving and acting without even thinking. You don't have to think about how I'm going to drive. You don't have to think about how I'm going to ride a bike. Even if you haven't rode a bike in 20 years, as soon as you get on, it's like, boom, I got this. I got this. Why? Because how to ride a bike and how to ride a car has been downloaded into your subconscious so you can do it without thinking. The Bible, how does subconscious connect to the Bible? The word subconscious is parallel to the word heart in the Bible. The heart. The heart. Scripture says the most deceitful thing we have is our heart. It's our heart. It's this area heart. The heart and the word of God represents our subconscious in most situations. It's like when someone says, do you love me with all your heart? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know I love you. You know I love you, babe. You know I lo- no, do you love me? Not up here, but do you love me right here? Like, I'm like, what does that even mean? I said I love you. That means I love They want to know, do you love me deep down and below on the inside? Do you love me? That's what they want to know. Here's what Scripture says. Scripture says, as a man thinketh, so is he. But the Scripture actually says, that's quoted, Scripture actually says, Proverbs 23 and 7, 
for as a man thinketh in his heart, in his heart, so is he. For as a man thinketh in his subconscious, so is he. Your identity of who you are lies in your subconscious. It lies in your heart. Your identity of who you are is below. It, it, it is in your, your heart. And as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man thinketh in his subconscious, so is he. The subconscious is part of the mind, which is one is not fully aware of, but which influences one's actions or feelings. We are never aware, unless you are intentionally, we're never really aware of our subconscious thoughts. But our feelings and our actions are there. These are deep subconscious, our deep-rooted thoughts, emotions, beliefs, and experiences of life that determine who we are. The heart is one of the most important things to God. The heart is one of the most important things to God because it defines who you are. It defines who you are. Do you remember King Saul and the transition between King Saul and King David? God says, I gave King Saul you because you wanted a king. So I gave him everything that you wanted. He said, he said what do you want a king? We want him to be tall. We want him to be handsome. We want him to look like a leader. But when the transition happened between Saul and David, God says, I'm going to give a king this time. Heart. My own heart. A king who's after my heart. First Samuel 16, 7 says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider the appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. He's talking about King Saul. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, the outy out. People look at the outer outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is looking to see what you downloaded into your heart. Your heart determines your character. The heart determines your actions. What is downloaded in your heart tells us why and who you are. So the question becomes, how do you get something that has been downloaded into your heart out? That's not supposed to be there, right? How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that? This is called plowing the heart. How do I get stuff that's already embedded in my subconscious of people that told me, even when I was a little boy, a little, little boy, you're never going to amount to nothing. It goes down. You're never going to be any good. It goes down. And then it goes down in the conscience. And then all of a sudden, it goes, begins to go into your subconscious. How, how do I get that out? How do I get that out? How does that happen? And, and I love this analogy because, you, you know, um, Sports a lot of times shows a lot of different. I played sports and they, and they beat things in us. When I mean beat things, sometimes they beat things in us. Like we had to practice the same stupid drill on how to do a layup over 
and over and over and over. And then we go, dribble, left foot plant, right hand up, do it again. Left foot, I got it down right. I made it. Okay, do it again. I made it. And in that foundation, we do it over and over and over and over. And oh, will you stop? I got it, coach. No, we got to do it over and over again. What's they doing? What are they saying? Because athletes and coaches know the more you practice something, it's going to go deep down and inside of you. So when you're playing the game, you can do it without even thinking. Man, that's some deep stuff that we don't even know that we're learning. That we want to make sure that you get some habits and the fundamental skills so that when the game comes, you're not thinking about what you're going to do. You're thinking about the game and you naturally do it. What's he talking about? I want things to be downloaded into your soul. And how does that information get downloaded? It's simple. Repetition, 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 repetition. Repetition, 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 repetition. Repetition is the key that downloads information from the conscious mind to the subconscious mind. This thinking only comes through repetition. Repetition, 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 repetition. We're going to do a quick illustration here. I think I did this on Wednesday, but I think it's so powerful. So again, I'm going to have uh, the same people come up. Gabe, Sebastian, when you guys come up. Oh, Gabe is like, yeah, come on up. David, come on up. Appreciate it. David, 316 shirt. I like that. That's great. Ah, we're strong. So, so I want you to just stand close to each other, and we're going to pretend that we're holding hands, that you guys are locking arms, holding hands. Stand straight across right there. Straight, straight across. Straight across. Like, straight. Let's play a game. You remember Red Rover? Come on. Play that game. Stand, stand across. Stand straight. Boom. Straight. Yeah. Yep, sorry, I'm touching you again. I'm moving with your imagination. Okay, perfect. So we have this idea. So they're playing. Let's play Red Rover. Remember that? Red Rover, Red Rover, come on up. So we play that game. And I come over, and I run, and then they're locking arms, and I try to get through. I can't get through. This is how information from our senses gets into our conscious. So where I'm standing is the conscious thought. Subconscious is over there. So how does things get to the subconscious? I go through, they stop me. I go through, they stop me. And I keep going through until their arms get weak and tired, and I find a weak link. So I'm not going to go on this side. I'm going to go to this side, right here. <laughs> you guys didn't even get that. So, <laughs> so I keep going through like a battering ram, and I keep throwing through. And all of a sudden, one time I go through, I bust through. That was easy. It's football season. Right through the tackles. Boom. And I'm in the end zone. And guess what? That thought enters the subconscious. Let's, let's talk real. Man, how, do, how does the videos that I'm watching enter the subconscious? Maybe may, may I struggle with some uh, 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 sexual addictions. How, what am I watching that keeps going through and through and through and through, and I keep watching. And the first time, maybe not do anything. Like, that didn't really affect my soul at all. But then after I keep watching, I keep watching. And the next thing I know, it breaks through, and it becomes a habit of life that whenever I get this feeling, I automatically go to this. Man, what about the thoughts of anger? If this is the way that I was grown up, I grew up in an environment that I always fought, and I saw that over and over and over and over again. And then I get married, and I don't deal with it. And the first time she makes me angry. Ah! Why? Because of conscience. 
It's in my it's my automatic. I'm like, baby, I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. I just automatically did that. I don't know where it came where it came. It came because it's already in your subconscious. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. So that's how thoughts and things go from the conscious mind into the subconscious mind. So the question is, what's been downloaded into your subconscious and how do I get it out? Mark, Mark 4, 24 says, take heed, Jesus says, take heed what you hear. Because what you hear is a census and it will be getting downloaded. If you hear that over and over and over again, it's going to go from your conscious and it's going to be downloaded into your subconscious. And I tell you, once it gets in your subconscious, it's hard to get out. So take heed what you hear. That's why I can't be around certain people groups that are always negative because it's doing more to my mind without even me knowing it. And it's, it's a battering ram that's trying to get into my subconscious. And next thing I know, I'm always negative. That's why it's important. Take heed what you hear. Man, that's why it's important to what we are listening to and what's around us. It's, it, Luke 6, 45 says, a good man out of, a good, of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of where? His heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The heart. What is in your heart? What is in your heart? So we got to do some plowing of the heart. Have you ever heard that statement? You can't teach an old dog new tricks. This is where that statement comes from. You can't teach a dog new tricks. The subconscious mind dictates or directs over 90% of the behaviors. Over 90% of your behaviors come from the subconscious mind, come from the heart, come from the heart. And depending what's downloaded in your heart will determine how you behave. How do we get rid of the thoughts, the download? Here's the first one. How do we get rid of thoughts? Here's the first thing we need to do. Spend significant amount of time in meditation in prayer. Now, we don't like to use that word meditation in the biblical, but it's a biblical word. Meditation and prayer. So we know what prayer is, communicating with God and praying to God. But what is meditation? Meditation. Scripture says, I will, uh, um, Psalms 145.5 says, I will meditate on the glorious splendors of your majesty and, you, and on your wonderful works meditation. And so we get a little scary with meditation. Why? Because meditation comes from an Eastern philosophy. You know, there's, there's biblical meditation and then there's Eastern philosophy. And so we don't talk about meditation in, the, in, in church today because we don't want you to get confused with the Eastern philosophy. So the, here's the difference between those. In meditation and Eastern philosophy or Eastern religion, their idea of meditation is they want you to meditate and they want you to get every thought out. Clear your mind. Don't focus on anything. Meditate and, and let every thought flow out. Flow out those thoughts. Flow out. They want everything to flow out. And there's some, there's some times to do that. But when it comes to meditating for Jesus, the script, the difference is meditating on. The word on. On. 
on. Meditation means you're going to meditate on Jesus. You're going to think about the goodness of Jesus. First Corinthians or First Timothy 4, 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself eternally to them that your progress may be evident to all. Meditate on these things. What is, what is meditate? Man, I'm going to meditate on the Lord. Man, when's the last time you scripture that said, be still and know that I am God. Oh, I'm meditating on the goodness. I'm not asking God for anything. I'm not requesting anything. I'm just meditating on the goodness of God. Meditating. Man, I'm just going to sit here and meditate and ponder on your glorious thoughts, on your glorious ways. I'm meditating how you, you walked me through that. You did that so perfectly, Lord. I would have messed that all up. But, God, you, you fought my enemies for me, God. You deserve the glory. You deserve the worship, God. I sing hallelujah to you. I'm, just, I'm not even saying anything. These are just the thoughts in my head. I'm just meditating on you. I'm just spending some time in silence, and I'm just meditating on you. So that goes deep down in your soul. Deep down in soul. So meditating and prayer are significant to download. And then the second part, which I really think is important too, it's, it's doing the work of what I call deliverance. It's doing the work of deliverance. How does deliverance, what is deliverance? To, to, to exchange your thoughts for a God thought. True deliverance comes from exchanging the thoughts that you previously had about a situation and replacing that and say, what does God actually say about that? And, and, and exchanging those thoughts from subconscious, grabbing that thought out of the subconscious and replacing that with the God thought in the subconscious. Does that make sense? Is that too deep? Good on that? To take a thought that wasn't from God out of your heart and to place a God thought in there. For example, uh, you've got to ask yourself this question. What is the root where did that thought come from? Where's the root of that? Maybe you're all a person who always self-sabotages relationships. Maybe, maybe that's you. And, and that becomes a habit for you. When things get too good, you, you sabotage it and you make, make a, the whole problem. And the root of the issue might be rejection, that you might be terrified of rejection. And you've got to ask yourself, where did this fear of rejection come from? Maybe when you were little, you felt abandoned by your parents. Or maybe when you uh, asked a girl out, she said no for the first time in seventh grade. Maybe, maybe that's it. And then you felt rejected. And all of a sudden, I don't want to ever feel that feeling no more. I don't, I'm never going to ask anybody. And, and, and everybody made fun. Maybe someone made fun of you because you couldn't be accepted to be your true self. So there, from that point on, I'm never going to show myself my authentic. I'm never going to be vulnerable with anybody because in that moment, it hurt me. And you felt rejected. And you're like, maybe once people find out who I really am, maybe they won't stick around. And we do this work, what I call uh, uh, comparing. So, so you look at your, your personal ways of thinking and you compare those thoughts to the Lord's thoughts. And you compare those thoughts to what is true and what God says about those. And once you compare those thoughts, you exchange those thoughts. And now this isn't a one-time thing. you got to do this over and over again. It's repetition. For you have to say, man, I can't receive rejection for you were formed. And, 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 and for when I formed, God formed me. You covered me and called me for a purpose and a time. Man, i got to exchange that thought. Man, what scriptures say about me? God, create, God is the creator, and I am his creation. 
man, I got to exchange and put that thought in my head. God breathed into my nostrils and the breath of life came into me. You got to put that, that God created me in his image, that God created me in his image. My eyes saw your unformed substance that God, God, God had a plan for you. God knitted me together in my mother's womb. God knows the numbers on the hairs of my head before the word and the tongue. I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am more valuable than, than the sparrows. God has given you dominion over all the sheep and the ox and the beasts of the field and the birds and the heavens and the skies. God has crowned you with glory and honor and, and, and the final act of the sixth day of creation. And he created you and said, oh, you're good. And you take those ways of stinking thinking and you begin to put the thoughts of God in there. And you do make an exchange and you replace those thoughts. You replace those thoughts. This is called plowing the heart. Plowing the heart. Let me give you a real life example of what this would look like. And we'll finish up right here. Let's do this last illustration. And we're going to do a little science project because I feel a little science <laughs> I feel a little science I feel a little science That's great. So can you help me move this real quick? And I feel a little science and I've been feeling science all week, but I thought this is the best way to just, just move that over there. I thought this is the best way to, yeah, you see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So can everybody see up here? We good? Barely? A little bit? We'll make it work. All right. So, so I, I, I really was trying to say, how can we get this thought in? How, how does deliverance work? And here's what we have to think. When we think of our subconscious, this is our heart. Oh, you see that? This is the heart. This is what you've been putting in over years and years and years of work. This is, this is, what, this is what's in your heart. And, and it doesn't look good. These are things that have been downloaded since you've been born in your heart. But Scripture says that transformation must come from what? Renewing your mind. This one's empty. That's all right. So renewing your mind. You know, Thanks, love. We'll see if she gets back in time. Renewing your mind. And this comes from only, this is the only process. This is the only way that deliverance really works. And, and as you're, you become, your lifestyle beginning, it, everything gets downloaded. Everything in your life gets downloaded. And the things that you've seen over and over again and those habits that you've seen over again gets downloaded into your heart, which is also your what? subconscious. And so this is how it works. Deliverance or transformation happens over a period of time. Over a period of time. So what happens is we have this and we want to do some work of the soul. And we want to do some exchanging. But the problem is that I have this heart that is just so filthy. Thanks, love. That is so filthy. And we must be learning how to do deliverance. Have you ever heard someone say, man, what changed for you? What, what, what point of your life did you get delivered from that? What changed for me? And you try to think really hard. And try to think of the moment. And all you can think about was, well, I got saved in 1992. And then after that, but that's still, I mean, I was saved, but I, my habits didn't change. And then all of a sudden, you're trying to pinpoint, but you can never pinpoint when really you took that spot of deliverance. That's because 
This is the work of plowing the heart. It's a process of being delivered. So what happens is you begin this process, and you take this process, and you take the word of God, and you take the, the word that he spoke over you, and then all of a sudden that word begins to get into your subconscious. And as it begins to get into your subconscious, something happens. And it begins to work. And God's speaking word, and you're coming to church, and you're listening to worship music. You don't even know the songs, but you just got worship music playing in the background. Guess what? That's doing something. Guess what? You don't think it's happening. But guess what? When you have worship playing, that those thoughts and the songs of worship begin to go into your subconscious. And as you have worship just playing that's surrounded with worship, all of a sudden, Scripture talks about that you're being surrounded with the songs of deliverance. And you don't know when it takes place, although you're getting the word, and we're in God, and everything. But still nothing changes, right? It still doesn't hit your soul. And so you just keep on keeping on and you keep coming to church and you keep on praising God and you keep on worshiping God and you keep surrounding yourself with the word and you keep hearing the things of God. And then all of a sudden you just keep on keeping on and you're moving towards and all of a sudden you're walking closer to God and you're walking closer to the steps of deliverance and you just keep on walking with Jesus. And then something begins to happen, but you don't know what's actually happened. Something begins to change, even though you don't know what's actually changing and things begin to move in your life and, you, and things beginning to, to be in your heart and be in your soul and something is taking place but you can't really describe it although you know something is happening and your habits of your life is changing but you don't know why and you can't pinpoint it and now you're wrestling between both worlds and you got a little of this old stuff still in you, old habits. Don't get crazy boy just because I saved I ain't soft and that's still, that's still working <laughs> That's working in with you. You still ain't figured out how to love your enemies and all that good stuff yet. <laughs> and you're still working on people and, and people still get on your nerves. And, and people from different parties say some stuff on Facebook that still make you go way back. Like, don't make me go back. Like, you try to stay sane. I'm trying to work it out, right? I'm trying to work out this salvation. And this takes place. And then all of a sudden, you just keep yourself in the word. I don't know when it's going to take place. I don't know when it's happening, but all of a sudden, I keep on hearing the word of God. I keep on hearing, and something happens. There's a transformation. I'm in the cocoon, and all of a sudden, there's transformation taking place, and I'm becoming white as snow, and I'm becoming delivered. Every day, I hear the word of God. Every day, I'm hearing the word of God, and then all of a sudden, something takes place. I can't pinpoint when it happened, but deliverance happened. Deliverance happen. Change happen. I was subconscious happen. I was black and blue, and there was all these nasty thoughts, but I just kept washing myself with the word. What happened? Repetition happened. Meditating on the word of God happened. Just keep on praying happened. Just keep on fasting happened. Just keep on worshiping. Although I don't feel like things are changing, I, something is changing. Although I don't feel like I'm healed, guess what? Something has happened. Even in the late night hour, God's going to turn something around. Even when I'm sleeping, God is still working. God is still moving, and God is changing you as long as you continue to walk towards steps towards Jesus, guess what? Things begin to change in your life and your heart begins to change and your soul conscience begins to change. All because you keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. What's your scripture said? Don't get weary. Don't you give up and well doing. For in due season and due time and due season you will reap a harvest if you don't quit. 
But the problem is when we don't see it, we stop. Man, you, you got to do the work of the soul. How are you going to be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. The only way that you renew your mind is you continue to walk steps towards deliverance. Exchange those nasty thoughts that someone else put in you that's lies from the enemy. It's a lie from the pit. That's not how God thinks about you. God, God thinks you and sees you and knows you. But yet he still loves you. Scripture says we, it's not because of we love, first loved him, but because we first, he first loved us. He gave his son for us and he died for us. And that's the walk towards deliverance, the steps towards deliverance. Come on, worship team. We're going to finish this and close this thing out. We're going to close this thing out. We're going to go. Man, man, are you ready to do some work, some work of the soul? <laughs> for the soul, for the soul. Again, that scripture is, what does it profit a man to gain the world? But to lose, to lose, to lose, lose their soul. To lose their soul. To lose their soul. Man, as a man thinketh, right here, right here. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Man, you want to be more like God? You, you want to walk steps more like Christ? Man, as you think in your subconscious, your thoughts in your subconscious, the thoughts in your heart, so is he, Scripture says. Scripture says that. Scripture says this. Don't be conformed to the patterns of the ways of this world, but be transformed by renewing your soul, by renewing your soul. And the center of your soul is your mind. Your mind needs to be renewed. The way you think needs to change. You can't have the same old thinking expecting different results. You've got to change the way you think. Because when you think different, you move different. And when you move different, God begins to work more in your life. When you can say, thinking like God is, man, I got to keep control, keep control. And God says, I never gave you control to keep. It's impossible for you to keep because I'm in control. So when you say, I know it's counterintuitive, but when you say, I surrender, God, you're in control. Man, that's exchanging the thought. That's a different way of thinking. God, I'm going to let you handle this. God, I can't take it no more. I'm going to walk in obedience and follow your instructions, but I'm going to let you handle this, God. I know that sustainment in my life comes from obeying the word of the Lord. I know that's not what everybody's doing. I know that's not how everybody's moving and operating, but I'm going to operate and move and get myself in line with you and let you take care of it. And that, that is work. It's plowing heart. Plowing heart. God desires a heart that is for him. I used to think it was my natural heart. God, you want my natural heart? Just take it. Just take it. It's beating. I won't beat anymore. But God says, I desire. God says, I desire your thoughts that are below, that don't nobody else the way you're thinking. I desire the thoughts that are in your heart, the thoughts that are in your subconscious. God says, will you just give it to me? Because there's some things that were put into you when you were a little boy or that little girl that was never supposed to be put into. You were never supposed to see that. You were never supposed to experience that. But that's the wage of sin. 
for all have sinned and come into the world. But God says, I have come that you may have life and that you may have that life more abundantly right now. I have come. Jesus says, he will sing songs of deliverance over you. He'll sing, the songs of deliverance will be over you. Meaning that the songs are surrounding you. Meaning that you're being delivered even though you don't know it because there's songs of deliverance happening. There's happening and taking place right now in this moment. Scripture says that his word is sharper than a two-edged sword that cuts through, that cuts through not only the spirit, but it cuts through the soul. The word of God will cut through the soul. It will cut through your subconscious, and it will take all that thing out, take all those other things out that you don't want there. The word of God will cut through those things of the soul. Only the word of God can do that. Will you allow the word of God to do the work for you? But you got to surround yourself in the presence of God. Man, I pray constantly. I never stop season praying. Even though it doesn't look like I'm praying, I'm talking to the Lord. you got to have a praying, constant spirit, a praying, constant soul. For your soul, your soul. The enemy knows what he's doing. He attacks the soul. Everything that he set up, he knows he's going after the soul from every media platform, from every uh, 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 platform that's in control. If you think about it, everything is going towards the soul. What do I mean? Everything is going to go against his attack is against Christ. So we need to do the work of the soul because we've been fed some things that were never supposed to be in there. God, I pray right now, God, the work of deliverance will begin to take place. That we will exchange our God thoughts for your thoughts. We will exchange our ways for your ways. That we exchange our behaviors and our feelings for your behaviors and your feelings. God, the process of deliverance will take place right now in this place from within. Delivering demons is easy. Renewing your mind, renewing the way you think, that's the true work of deliverance. For every demon bows and trembles at the name of Jesus. It trembles at the name of Jesus. The, the demons shudder in fear of the name of Jesus. But your mind, your mind is the true battle. And your mind... Allow the Holy Spirit to do His work right here in this moment.
from the inside, from the inside of me. May you delight in the inside, in the inside of me. Come fill my life from the
so good, God. You are so, so good, God. You're such a good God. You lift up worship in me. You're so good, God. You lift up worship in me. You so love the world. You so love the world you gave your only son. You're so obsessed about us that you gave up your son for us. How we glorify you and magnify you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, worship in this room with the fruits of our lips, yes. the meditation of our hearts. We lift up worship in Thank this you, Lord. room. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy of it all. So, God, I pray that today would mark the day. That the work of deliverance begins. Today would mark the day that God entered to not only into my body, into my spirit, but God entered into my soul. He entered into my will, mind, and emotions. That, God, you would sanctify me through and through, that I may be blameless before the Lord and your people. So, God, I pray that if some of us need help, that we would find that person that you called over life to help us walk through deliverance of the soul. I help, God, that you would send your spirit that would begin to walk into deliverance of soul. I pray for those that have never spoken tongues before, they would begin to speak the tongues of a new language that would begin to deliver their souls. God, even when we don't feel like anything's working, that you'll begin to do the work. God, we love you so much. We honor you so much, God. Thank you, Lord. Be with us throughout the rest of this week. We honor you and praise you. And we lift your name up high. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Quickly, before we leave, if you have not gave the tithe and offering, there's a tithe and offering team basket. And as you leave, uh, feel free to stay as long as you want to, to worship and to pray if you need that time um, for you as well. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. Go in peace. We love you. God, we lift your name on high. Amen.